Welcome to episode 29 of Have a Blessed Gay, your spiritual comedy podcast. I am your holy host, Tyler Martin. I hope you are having a splendid and spiritual rockin' holiday time. We are approaching this glorious new year. We're saying our goodbyes to the shit fest that was 2020 and hopefully feeling a bit optimistic. Now, I am pro-optimism, and I definitely don't want to kill your 2021 positivity boner. However, I would like to say, January 1st, 2021 may not drastically feel any better than December 31st, 2020. That's just not how time works. Should we strive for quick improvements? Sure, hell yeah. But no, they will be gradual. You cannot go from having an acne-filled ass crack in December to a soft, smooth rump January 1st. It's just not possible. But will we work toward an acne-free ass crack? Yeah. You best believe, baby angel, that we will continue to grow and improve. Because we are what? Resilient resourceful, and some other affirming R word that I don't even know. We're freaking magic, okay? As a lovely little reminder, you can still purchase tickets and get a 10% off discount for my first live podcast episode this January at the Q Christian Fellowship Conference, which runs January 7th through the 10th, and it will all be online this year. So wherever you are, you can be as gay and as Christian as you want in the privacy of your own home. 
My live episode will be on Wednesday, January 6th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am stoked to be chatting with a podcast alum, Brandon Robertson, about Christian privilege. And I swear it'll be more fun than that sounds. <laughs> there will also be a short Q&A after, and I would absolutely love to see you in the audience. The discount for the conference is Bless 2021 which just feels right. That is B-L-E-S-S, all caps, 2021. You can find that and the website link in the show notes. Y'all, I am really pumped for today's guest, Kodo Nishimura. Kodo is a global makeup artist and a certified Buddhist monk. He grew up in Tokyo, and get this, in a Buddhist temple. As a child, he practiced Japanese flower arrangements for eight years. And at the age of 18, he moved to the US, graduated from Parsons, the new school for design in New York. Then in 2015, he switched gears and decided to complete his two-year Buddhist monk training in Tokyo. Once he was all monked up in 2017, he sought to further his makeup training by enrolling at Makeup Designery in LA. His story as a makeup artist and a monk has been featured globally. We're talking BBC Radio, Vogue, The New York Style Magazine, BuzzFeed, and so many more. As a celebrity makeup artist, his makeup work has appeared in national shows such as Miss Universe, Miss USA, The View, and major magazines like Esquire, US Weekly, and the cover of Life and Style. He recently gave a TED Talk, which I highly recommend you watch. I shall pop that link in the show notes for you. But where I originally discovered him was on Queer Eye on Netflix in 2019. He was brought on the show to give encouragement and words of wisdom which he is full of. His mission is to empower all people of all gender using makeup skills with a hint of Buddhism. In this amazing conversation, Kodo breaks down what Buddhism is, comparing it to Disney. He talks about his journey to becoming a monk and how he uses makeup and Buddhist teachings to encourage people to live openly and proudly. Also, his voice is so soothing. So for all the legit ASMR fans, this is gonna be one of your favorite episodes. Get ready for some tingles and enjoy this discussion. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, the leading provider of online counseling. Y'all, the world is crazy and mental health is important. Some might even call it spiritual. I personally use BetterHelp myself and absolutely love what they're doing. BetterHelp makes professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient. So if you're struggling emotionally, battling anxiety, or you can't stop crying after an episode of Queer Eye, BetterHelp can be there for you anytime, anywhere. Go to my personal link at BetterHelp help.com slash gay to check it out and get what? 10% off. The best part is you don't even have to leave your house. They offer four ways to speak with a licensed counselor, video calls, phone calls, real-time chat, and direct messaging. All counselors have been qualified and certified by their state's professional board. In other words, you're not talking to a lobster dressed in human clothes. They're legit. All you gotta do is go to my link at betterhelp.com slash gay and begin the questionnaire to match you with a therapist who is uniquely qualified to serve your needs. How sexy. 
It's super duper easy and your match within 24 hours or less. BetterHelp has a monthly subscription rather than paying per session, which makes it cheaper. But if finances are still a concern, financial aid is available for those who qualify. Get counseling, improve your life, and help this podcast out in the process by going to betterhelp.com slash gay. Sign up today and get 10% off. That's betterhelp.com slash gay. Koro Nishimura, welcome to Apple Plus Gay. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am so thrilled to have you here, and I just want to get into it. Tell us who you are and what the hell you do. Thank you, Tyler. I consider myself as a Disney princess trapped in male body who is uh, living a story of a <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like sister act oh my shut up the, <laughs> the buddhist sister act yes <laughs> so explain to everyone how your life is like sister act so i am a makeup artist and also a buddhist monk i was born in japan actually my house is a temple my uh, both of my parents are certified monks when I was young, I didn't want to become a monk because people expected me that I will kind of inherit the temple as well. Um, so I was really rebellious for about many, many years. After high school um, in Japan, I went to Boston for two years. And then I studied liberal studies in Franklin, Massachusetts. And after that, I went to New York. I went to Parsons, the new school of design and majored in fine arts. Since then, I started assisting a makeup artist and I have worked at Miss Universe, Miss USA. When I was in the US, I spent 11 years in the US in total. Later, I moved to LA for a year and a half. Now I'm back in Japan for the most part. And I talk a lot about LGBTQ rights and do makeup basically yeah <laughs> yeah you know inheriting a temple doing makeup for like the biggest pageants in the world just like an average everyday <laughs> or in your life <laughs> you know <laughs> well to me it's what i've been doing and what i wanted to do so you know everybody's everybody's normal is their normal like what they are comfortable with is what they're comfortable with so yeah to me, it's completely average, just I'm um, doing whatever. Yeah. Well, you are the first Buddhist to be on this show. So for people who might be unfamiliar, would you just break down what Buddhism is? Some people call it a practice. Other people call it a religion. What do you call Buddhism and how do you practice it? Okay, so to me, it is like Disney. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> because I I love this analysis or um, comparison. It's especially because Disney and Buddhism, well, we have kind of the founder who is kind of equivalent to Walt Disney, who is the original Buddha, Gautama Siddhartha, who lived in India, who kind of started the religion. And that is still practiced in Thailand, uh, Myanmar, Cambodia. Um, kind of the original um, form of Buddhism. But after Walt Disney's death, Disney created um, Frozen and Elsa is kind of worshipped. 
But Walt Disney himself doesn't know about Elsa. It's the same. We have Amida Buddha, which was created by the followers of uh, Buddhism. And in Japan, uh, Korea, China, we worship Elsa and not really the Walt Disney himself. So there are many, many stories and branches of、uh, Buddhism, which is almost like、uh, Little Mermaid. Some people worship Ariel, some people worship Cinderella, some people worship the mother of Walt Disney. So it's not just one story. All the movies tell different messages slightly, but the、uh, main purpose is the same. Like you have to have. Dreams, you have to have、uh, courage and you have to work hard to achieve whatever that you want in your life. I think it's similar to many religions, but we tend to forget why we have religion. So basically,、um, Buddhism is about having balance in your life, being nice to others, and just live a、um, fun life. <laughs> Well, what is your specific sect of Buddhism? What are you a part of? Mine is called Pure Land Buddhism. We worship Amida Buddha, which means Limitless Light Buddha. And we learn that if we chant his name 10 times, which sounds like Nam Amidabha, Nam Amidabha, Nam Amidabha, Nam means I devote myself to, which is the same as Namaste. Which is an Indian greeting. I devote myself to Amida Buddha. And if we do that faithfully, Amida Buddha is going to take us to the pure land, which is like heaven, after we pass away. And there we can keep working hard to one day become a Buddha. So that's my denomination, pure land. Amazing. That's your Elsa. <laughs> yeah, that's basically our Elsa. <laughs> I really like that comparison to Disney. I think that puts it in a really relatable context. And like you said, it's with all religions, any main world religion, the creator of it is now gone. They have passed away, but yet people are still continuing to worship the religion that they originated, but just in different ways. There are different denominations, different sects that form different branches. And so it really is. Yeah, I mean, I like you're saying all the Disney franchise and,、yeah. and how it has flourished. When I was young, I was really skeptical like, why do we have to believe? And where is Buddha? Like, how realistic are you? Are you and how scientifically correct are you talking about? Like, where exactly is Pure Land? But,、uh, you know, nobody really questions if Mickey is really exi- existing. It's not about that. It's about having faith or having an icon that we can be encouraged from. So we don't really need to have Ariel really existing. It's somebody in our spirit who is there to support us. So that's kind of, I'm really, really、um, fact based. Me too. So, <laughs> <laughs> to a fault sometimes. <laughs> it's not about. This, like Disney being real, like real, but like the fact that it's there is fun and you know, making us happy completely. Like any major pop star, anyone who made a, a big impact, like、uh, Elvis or Elvis Gerald,、mm-hmm. like celebrities that people really look up to, that they admire. 
But, you know, if they actually knew them in real life, they may not really like them and not really <laughs> admire them. But it's it's the uh, attachments that we form surrounding the idea of them. Yeah, I think it's the same with monks. Like as a monk who grew up amongst other monks, I feel that they are pushed upon an image. And just like celebrities, people expect monks to be uh, pure and very simple and smart and hardworking and uh, very minimal. So that's the image that that many uh, monks suffer. So when people really know the individuals, I don't know if they will respect, but um, as a monk myself, I would love to make uh, smart decisions, be vulnerable, but still brave so that people can take some inspiration from me. So that's what I try to achieve. (laughs) Something you and I ever so slightly have in common is that we were both raised surrounded by spiritual leaders. And yeah, I think a lot of people do put spiritual leaders in this like other category, this like superhuman category. But growing up with them and actually knowing them, I doubt you and I definitely didn't really ever experience that. They were uh-huh. just people to me. And for you, they were your parents. Both of your parents were monks. <laughs> what was that experience like growing up being raised by monks? Well, um, my parents never really pushed religious faith or uh, belief on me. So that's something that I'm really grateful. Actually, my father was adopted to a temple when he was three, and he didn't have any other options but to become a monk. He was the second son of a farmer, so he didn't really like to be forced to become a monk. So that's something I think he didn't want to do on me. So he's... um. Buddhist scholar. He not only knows about our denomination, but he studies about the um, origin of Buddhism and how it branched out, like how it changed where and when. So he knows that, you know, there are so many stories within Buddhism. So he's not only like pushing one value upon me. So that's, yeah. That's really cool. Being that your family had this temple, how does that living situation work? Did you live inside the temple? Yeah, this is a temple where I'm where I am right now. That's so <laughs> insane. That's so cool. Yeah, I think it's really diff I don't know. Well, the temple part and our living space is connected by Azor. So when I was young, I would invite my friends to play at the hall. And what are you what are you referring to when you say the hall? The hall is where the Buddha statues are. Got it. And where people do ceremonies, and sometimes there is a dead body there. Wait, what? <laughs> For the funeral. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I felt when I was like during uh, weekends. There were many animes playing on TV, so I would wake up at like six a.m. every weekend. And I was like casually going to the, you know, the temple hall and I saw a dead body. It was like purple, like oh pales. It's like, oh, I, I, there's going to be a funeral today. Oh, you know, it's so, it was so startling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a little startling. 
you eventually left the temple and the dead bodies and you went to study abroad and became involved Mm -hmm. with makeup. You are an incredible makeup artist. For everyone who has not seen Kodo's work, please go check it out. It's wonderful. How did you get involved in makeup? Thank you. (laughs) I always loved mm, like dressing up, uh, accessories, dresses, hair, makeup. But I felt that a man should not be playing with makeup because when I went to that cosmetic counter in Japan, they would ask me, oh, is it for your mom or your girlfriend? And I'm like, oh, it's for me. <laughs> it's for me. <laughs> Wait, how, and how old were you? I think I was in high school. Okay. So one, like because that kept happening, I would just like, walk away like do like two circles within the floor and I would just walk away but when I was in Boston I saw many uh, really glittered men and drag queens selling makeup at Sephora or MAC cosmetics so I felt like oh maybe here I can wear makeup and at that time also I was struggling with my ethnicity at my school, there were many um, dance majors and football players. And dance major people, they look like Tinkerbells or like Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. Like, oh my God, they have blue eyes. Their you know, profile is so similar to Disney princesses. And I saw uh, football players and they look like Hercules to me, like six foot tall, really muscular. And I feel like, oh, like, what am I? Like, I don't feel beautiful of myself. And I wasn't able to make friends. So I decided to blame it on my ethnicity. Oh, maybe because I have different background or values. I speak different language. I'm not able to be celebrated or accepted. But in 2007, Miss Universe Japan, she won Miss Universe. And she was talking about, oh, uh, Asian eyes are beautiful and we should accentuate with uh, eyeliner or eyeshadow. And expressing yourself uh, doesn't mean like if you're Japanese or Caucasian or African-American. It's about knowing who you are and emphasizing what you're um, special about. So... I decided to play with the makeup and I was playing with eyeliner and mascara first. Um, I bought the CoverGirl uh, orange mascara because I love Drew Barrymore because of Charlie's Angels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's my first mascara. And I, I, I finally made a friend. She was another Japanese um, international uh, student in Boston. Well, like I could share many emotions. I feel like, oh, finally I can talk about uh, my emotions. I wasn't out to her, but she became the first person who I uh, came out to. And she was struggling with her academics and relationships. And I didn't want to lose her. Like, oh, I don't want you to go back. And I decided to do her makeup one night and like we were both so like shocked like like she was like is this really me and since then like she she transformed so much with makeup and since then I think she noticed that 
she can look beautiful and she can feel pretty of herself. And even after makeup was washed away, she maintained her confidence and she started to take care of herself much better and she became much more outgoing. So I felt that makeup is permanent yet eternal. So that's when I was like, okay, I was neglected and isolated for many years, but there are people who I cherish and I want to make my team look beautiful and empowered. And that's why I need to learn makeup. Just like how Miss Universe looked beautiful with makeup, I want to learn makeup like that. And I ended up assisting the person who did makeup for Miss Universe. Miss Universe. Yeah, let's let's talk about that true Miss Universe and that full circle. <laughs> that is so incredible. Putting something out into the universe and literally receiving the universe back. I know, like now I have done makeup for the actual Miss Universe who won from Japan like twice and she became my friend. So... You know, she's like my Japanese Disney princess when I was 18. And now I'm friends with princess. So like my life is such a full circle. Um, I actually was watching Queer Eye when I was in high school or middle school on TV. It was broadcast on Fox. And I was like, wow, like people are out. They say that they are gay and it's okay. Like how are they not? killed mm. saying that they are and that was like really liberating but what they were doing is that um they were helping straight people and i you know i was part of queer eye that's why you that's where you found me right mm-hmm. so many things uh came full circle and full circle yeah i'm really grateful of my life yeah and i just want to go back to makeup for a second because I really love how you talk about makeup. A lot of people I feel like have negative feelings toward makeup when it is presented as a cover-up, something to hide or, or change or alter who someone is, but that's not how you use makeup and that's not how you talk about it. You use it to showcase what is already there, to put it out more into the world, to actually celebrate oneself. And I think that is a really cool way to look at it. And in that same way of of celebrating who we are inside and out, there is this spiritual element to it, which I really love. And from what I already know of you, that is how you approach makeup from a spiritual point of view right i would say so by applying makeup on myself i can feel beautiful i can feel strong or fierce capable and that feeling is really surreal but if i see it on me i like as the body changes the mind changes as well Mm. and that experience stays in my mind so the perception of who I am before changes. Like, oh, maybe I can achieve this. Maybe I can say this. Maybe I can stay strong because I feel strong. And that's something really en- that re- that really enriches our souls. It's almost like reading a book of somebody else. Like you experience a life of somebody else and you kind of apply it to yourself. So... Yeah, makeup is not to make yourself look 
pretty only, but it gives you a power to stand up for yourself and for others as well. So I'm not really looking to do makeup for like supermodels, but I want to do makeup for like female leaders and empower them, you know,、uh, makeup with a purpose. That's what I stand for. Makeup with a purpose. I love that. And let's go ahead and talk about purpose. So you're studying abroad, you're spreading your queer little wings, exploring the、uh-huh. world, expanding your creativity. Yet, somewhere in the midst of all of that, you decided to become a monk yourself. Oh, yeah. I know. Why did you feel called to become a monk at that time? I really didn't want to become a monk, but I had an option to inherit the temple or not. And when I was in、um, the art school, when I was trying to figure out how I can make a piece that stands out, like what do I do to become a great artist within the、um, community? And I, I was always, always struggling with that. And one time, a Korean student,、um, He was really talented, but he had to leave for Korea to join the,、um, the military. And he performed a piece uh, doing um, like a demonstration of how his life will become in the military, like wearing uniform, doing push ups, and raising really high voice. And I could feel that he is determined because he had to leave the school for two years and say goodbye to everybody, although he was really talented. I felt that, oh, he, his determination, his fear is really sharp, and that really stopped my heart. And I felt that that is something that only he can do because he's in that position. And until then, I was doing art such as like origami or、um, flower arrangement. Um, trying to do something that's kind of Japanese, but that's something everybody、uh, from Japan can do. But in order for me to grow as a person and to express something, I knew that I needed to look at Buddhism because it's something that I really hated. But what, <laughs> what would happen if I become a monk myself? Because I don't know enough about Buddhism. My mom is a piano teacher, and she said, If you want to criticize、uh, music by Mozart, you have to study Mozart's music, you have to play, you have to practice, you have to analyze the composition, and then for the first time you can make the valid opinion or criticism about it. So if you don't know about Buddhism, like, like what you're saying is、uh, prejudice. And I felt like, oh, that's true.、Uh, let me learn. What Buddhism is, what it is to become a monk myself, and then make、um, any opinions or decisions after that. Well, my mom is a monk also, and she said, Oh, the monk training is easy, fun, and they give you snacks and treats, and you know. <laughs> But when I joined the training, it was like once the door shut, the Trainer, trainers started yelling at us, like, like don't don't walk, like, run. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, it's not what I signed up for. It's so strict. It was like a military. Like, I, they, like, we woke up at like 5 30 every morning. We would、uh, clean the temple, barefoot, 
with really cold uh, water with like cloth, like, you know, wiping the floors and uh, hallway in like two degrees, which is like just above freezing in Kyoto. And no snacks, no, even no lip balm. And we were allowed to bring a watch, but we were not allowed to wear it. It was really strict. Like we couldn't go outside. The training consists of five sessions. The first one is 18 days. Uh, second, third, fourth are two weeks. And the last one is three weeks. The first two were done in Kyoto and third, fourth, fifth were done in Tokyo. So during that time, we were completely shut from the outer world, no internet. Uh, we pray around five times. Each one is like an hour to two hours, and we have to sit with our legs crossed. So everybody's legs are so bruised, we lose voice. And I started coughing and I started to have fever, but they still told me to chant really loud. So one time I... Because I kept coughing, I went to the restroom and I spat and it was like red. I was like, oh my God, this is like torturous. That is torture. Yeah. Well, and I guess my question in all of this is because it does sound like torture. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the purpose of all of that? I think the purpose is to be able to sympathize or empathize with extreme pain or struggles. And there are many uh, kids who are not willing to participate or they kind of don't want to be there. So they need, they need to control with power and threat. So that's the purpose. I find it really illogical and kind of defeating the purpose because it's supposed to be the monks wanting to train themselves, but it was more like the t- trainers kind of suffocating Yeah. Can just like anyone become a monk? Yes, anybody can be a monk. Okay, interesting. Once they find a master, they can learn some basics and they can join the training. Even LGBTQ people, um, foreigners, and women, which is not the case in Thailand always. Fascinating. Yeah. So in Japan... Um, Buddhism has kind of evolved. We can drink, we can have children, which is really bizarre, I'm sure. But in 1868, um, the Japanese government tried to kind of take away Buddhism away from uh, Japan and tried to spread Shintoism. So they basically told the monks to do whatever they want. (laughs) Yeah, and the monks started to have children and they needed to have um, offsprings to take over the temple to sustain and survive. So they started to take other jobs so that they can financially uh, help themselves as well. So there is so much more um, liberty within Japan. It's interesting how not all that long ago that was, like in the grand scheme of the world, that really isn't that long ago which is very, very interesting. I know. So each sect of Buddhism has their own precepts, correct? Yes. So these precepts, these like guidelines for your specific sect, what are they? Mine is pretty simple. We learn to live good 
be nice to others, and chant. What is the purpose of chanting?、Mm, chanting is to be enlightened, to be guided to the pure land. But that's what they say. But to me, chanting is like balancing my heart. By chanting, you can look at your own emotions and kind of analyze and figure out and have a little more peaceful、uh, balance within yourself. So that is my purpose of chanting. Almost a meditation, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So to me, I feel like it can be yoga, it can be、uh, doing karaoke or、um, drawing. Whatever that makes that person feel at peace, that's something that、uh, should be counted as meditation or chanting. Being a gay monk, I have a feeling that you might have some interesting stories from monastery. Do you? I do.、Um, I was I was in closet because we live with around ninety other male monks and fifteen、uh, female monks,、oh, wow. and we bathe together. And I thought like. We were separated so that we are not tempted, but I'm like bathing with like ninety other male monks. <gasps> that is one juicy porn waiting to happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Like what? Like what would you think if you were surrounded with like from eighteen to like sixty year old men naked bathing? I'm like, so you said anyone can become a monk, right? <laughs> Sign <laughs> me up. <laughs> you know, like some of them. Uh, like baseball players, they are in, you know, they are fresh off the high school or in college, so you know it's a little weird to me. Did you have any monastery love? Actually, yes. <gasps> Scandalous. I know. I know. Well, I will. <laughs> I'll. I, this is so wonderful. I love this. I found somebody who was. A little ambiguous, but we started to be a little close. We didn't do anything, but we were hanging out、um, even after the monk training. But his parents were really against him trying to date with a guy, and I think he was really puzzled. Like he was questioning, and one time his parents found out that I'm like romantically attracted to him. At his temple, and they said, "Like our son is getting married to a woman and having a family in this temple, so give up. Homosexuality is a fruit of hormonal corruption. Maybe your mother、um, digested chemical additives, and you were born gay." Oh well, okay, <laughs> that is savage. So it was a terrible experience. Were there more positive experiences? Bathing, bathing was fun for me secretly, but I was really quiet because I didn't want to be, you know,、uh, seeing pervert or you know, it's really uncomfortable for other. So that's what I felt, you know. I don't want to be called faggot in bathroom, in that bathroom in the bath every day. Like we had to be there for many weeks together.、Uh, another one, I was still. So, I was、uh, so not sure if I can still wear makeup or heels, if I can be an out person as a Buddhist monk because they told me that I cannot wear makeup or heels once I become a monk、uh, in the precepts. Well, we have many many precepts that we follow and we don't follow. 
In Pure Land Buddhism, we are told we are told that uh, you have to be nice, you have to be a good person, you have to chant. But the other uh, precepts are kind of suggested to be followed, because I kept seeing uh, monks around me drinking after ceremonies since when I was born. So I was like, how serious are these precepts? So in the end of the training, there was a really well-respected monk who came to teach at our temple. And I was like, okay, maybe I should ask him. If I ask him and he says something, nobody can really deny him. So I decided to ask that uh, monk. Uh, well, I asked these questions. Well, there are some presets that's different depending on your sex. Male monks, they use left foot to step over an urn of incense to purify their bodies. And female monks, they use right foot to step over an urn of incense to purify their body. But I know there are transgender people, ex-gender people, uh, questioning people. So what should I tell them? Like, it, are the choreographies always divided? Like how? Because there are people like that. And if it's okay to wear shiny things after I become a monk. And he said to the first question, these choreographies that's different for men and women were made after the teaching of our uh, founder. Everybody can be saved equally. So choreographies do not matter. You can do whichever you feel like you are comfortable with. And that's why you should teach to other people. And LGBTQ, homosexuality is uh, not a problem. So don't worry about that. I was like, wow, he's really flexible with the rules that were strictly told. And secondly, he said, in Japan, Buddhism has been evolving. As long as you can spread the message of everybody being equally saved by Amida Buddha, uh, you should be able to wear what you feel comfortable with. If you wear something shiny or a watch, what would be the difference? I don't think it is a problem. So I was completely liberated. I felt validated to be a homosexual person. I know there are many people who are struggling with religious pressures or teachings uh, because of sexuality. So that's something that I can kind of uh, try to solve. Um, using my own experience so that using you know makeup and heels became my mission as a monk okay so you have this like mission now and that brings me to my next question you went through monastery like your mother suggested so you could critically talk about buddhism you did it now you're on the other side what do you think of buddhism I think Buddhism entails so many teachings, but when it comes to religious rules for the group of Buddhists, there are many um, precepts that's confusing, that's limiting people's lives. But many of the fundamental teachings, such as you should not lie to your heart, uh, there are always reasons for anything, um, you should take the middle way and not go to extreme. These are the teachings that I really um, appreciate and would love to spread. So there are um, confusing limitations and also um, teachings that help us break free from limits. So these are the things that I try to focus on. 
Well, and as a teacher, you have so many elements to you that make you very unique. How do you see yourself as a monk? What is your purpose? What do you hope to achieve? I would like to challenge what is believed to be religion or religious leader to be. By uh, looking at me, I think many people question, and that's what I want people to do. Like, why is he able to wear makeup and be a homosexual person? Because there's nothing wrong with it. And that's the realization that I want to kind of uh, push upon many people because many people are stuck with mm, certain prejudice or form of belief that's limiting themselves. So I want to be an example of uh, evolution of religion and yeah, just tell them to have fun, be themselves and be unapologetic. Ah, so beautiful. <laughs> Koto, thank you so much for chatting with me and sharing your stories, sharing your journey. I think you are just so wonderful and I appreciate all that you do. You are just such a such a sincere, great and talented person. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you for allowing me to share my story, Tyler. And I'm a huge fan of your show already. Oh my gosh, stop it. Mutual fans. Yay. Woo! Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Such a badass person, right? Here are my main takeaways from this incredible combo. Number one, there are many sects of Buddhism, just like within Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, each focusing on slightly different teachings. I love the Disney comparison. It's a great, simple way to understand it. Number two, we don't have to logically have all the answers in order to have faith. This is actually a pretty big one. We can have faith in concepts, in messages. It's usually when we worship and put our faith in people that it starts to get messy. Number three, put out in the universe what you want and the universe will return it. Number four, makeup with a purpose. Try exploring makeup, no matter your gender identity, and share your beautiful self with the world. You don't need to wear it all the time, but sometimes it's nice. It can be empowering. Number five, some precepts and rules are followed while others are not. Are the rules in your religion or faith uplifting you or holding you back? Take a look at them and question the shit out of them. Number six, get the hell out there and embrace what makes you different. Embrace what makes you you. That difference can change the world. I have posted links in the show notes for Kodo, their social media, website, and TED Talk. Please do check him out and all of his amazing work. And as always, please do continue to reach out to me. I love hearing from you. You can reach me in the show notes or DM me on social media at have a blessed gay on all the platforms. But if this is a day you can't laugh something off, if you need help or someone to talk with right this second, I always post helplines in the show notes. So please do call if you need to. But just remember this. You are special, you are purposeful, and you are fucking beautiful. Have a blessed day, y'all.